This is the Merrickville Catch-Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch-Up from the Triple M app. Where am I? Welcome to... Merrickville. What's on the show? It's Friday. We're going to be talking about the Royal Randwick Richest Race, which is the Everest. I'll be joined by Bruce McAvaney after five, and we'll be talking about old Sydney town again because I refuse to let go of it. But right now, I've got Cam Knight back in the studio. It's great to have you here, Cam. It's so great to finally be back in here. You guys had a holiday break. Yes. And I kept texting Liam throughout that break asking <laughs> if I was on air. You're like Michael Douglas in Falling Down. Yeah. You keep coming to work with your briefcase. <laughs> it's not on, Cam. I was like, Can go you on. I just want to be around you guys. Of course you want to be back. This is the winner's circle, mate. It's get so amongst good. it. Now, Cam, I know that you've got a grievance that we're going to get to in just yeah. a moment, and what a better place to have it than right here. Can't wait. We're going to fire up and get silly in just a minute. Now, Cam, you've got a little bit of beef you want to kick off the show with. I love this. Do it. I've basically, yeah, I've basically been under house arrest this week because my kid caught hand, foot, and mouth disease. Oh! From daycare, I'm assuming, because yes. that's the only place else that I can think. It's a grubby disease. It is a grubby. And it sounds it, like something you get from cattle. Yeah. Well, it, it's like some sort of, he's some sort of medieval peasant. Mm. It's it's right mm. up there with the plague to yeah. me. Or boils. leprosy. Yeah, yeah, boils. You get boils and stuff like that. It's that old school disease. You just think, why is this even still around? My son had it many, many years ago when he was only about, uh, I think he was only about two or three, and mm. he was a mess with it. it oh, it's horrible. Got, oh, we had to cover him in like a calamine lotion. Yeah. And it was foul. Yeah. At one stage, I said to George, "Look, let's just, you know what? Let's say this is a write-off. Let's get a new one. New kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah just leave kid. this one outside. It's not worked out. It's not <laughs> yeah. our fault. Just, we didn't give it done. to him. Get a new one. Put him up on the hill. On. Exactly. Leave him to the wolves. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. No, we didn't. No, but we should but, <laughs> but they can't eat properly because they got all these ulcers and blisters in, in their, their mouth, mouths, and yeah. it just got me angry because it's just the thing that really gets me is that a lot of parents. I know everybody has to work. I understand that. But a lot of parents, when their kids are sick, they just dose them up on Panadol and just shove them out the door into daycare. And daycare just turns into a Petri dish. Yeah, it does. And then it? you're just bringing all this sickness back into our house. That is, that is horrible. literally before my daughter started at daycare. Yeah. Literally word for word the advice Lawrence Mooney gave me. Right. Yeah. Dose them up on Panadol, send them <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah. He, well, That's all you can do. Mooney's the worst then. That's yeah. it. That's all you can do because it is. But, you know, also too, it does build up their uh, immune systems though. But, like, it's like... I get angry when I see people are really, really sick around me because you go, oh, well, you're putting me at risk. But parents just go, oh, my kids are sick. They can all get together. Chicken pox is one. I say, yeah. oh, you'll be right. You get some chicken pox. I yeah. go, oh, not really. Don't want that. I don't want but, it. You know, the worst one is like parents who, when they've got a sick kid and they just let them be in a very communi- very communicable area, right? Mm. For ex- This is an example, right? And tell me what you think of this. Yeah. One name they were, but some parents had a very sick child. And he had some sort of stomach upset. He was only uh, probably about two or something mm-hmm. like that. And they said, no, he can swim in the pool, even though he's got, you know, one of the little nappies, you know, those aqua nappies. Oh, yeah. So he's in the pool and little kid's tummy's upset, brown, like like an ink spot. Like a, it was as though, <laughs> as though a squid had been frightened and just <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a big puff of brown. Mm-hmm. Squids make squid and octopus black. Looks impressive. Mm. Mm. When you see a brown one, mm. Not so and impressive. it's in a pool, mm. and everyone's standing around going, "My God, can you believe that? Yeah, that the parents would let Wolf swim in the pool like that, and then let him do that." I mean, uh, some <laughs> random 
<laughs> really? Yes. You did it. Yes. You let your own kid yes. explode in a pool. Yes. You're a pig. <laughs> <laughs> and then what I did, I grabbed him and did a runner. And he also, too, he had hand, foot, and mouth disease oh, really? at the same time. You know what? What is, what's, what were you thinking? And a bowler. He had a bowler. <laughs> he had a bowler. <laughs> you got to wrap your kid up in blood wrap. Past, yeah. I saw a woman, her eyes were bleeding. And I went, my son did that. That's good on you, Sam. Let's no, no, get out of here. That's true. Oh, my God. So it sounds rough. like Merrick is the sort of parent you hate, Ken. Absolutely. I'm the That's... sort of parent I hate. <laughs> I hate me. Fills me with rage. That's him. like. What do you reckon is, and I'll, let's, we'll open up the phones in mm. a second. One triple three five three. get on board. What parent, if you're a parent, what type of parent do you hate? Because, like, oh. that's pretty annoying. But you know the ones I don't like? What? When you go to a playground with your kids and there's the telly dad. You know the dad who goes around telling people other kids how to do it? Oh, you, you're not meant to climb on the roof of that. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. It's not your kid. Or they just bark orders at their kids yes. that they don't understand. It's like, don't do that. Don't do that. It's like, what'd you come to a park for? Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? It's like, stay indoors, champ. Yeah, or the guy who goes up to your kids and says, oh, it's time to share the swing. No, it's not, mate. He's on it. Yep. He's done when he's done. Yep. You don't come over and tell him. Yeah. I come over and tell him. I say, you're done. Get off the, get off the swing. <laughs> it's my it's turn. turn. Get off the <laughs> Dad's going right. to stand on it. <laughs> Dad's going to give himself a horrible hip injury. Uh, watch me jump do. off this. Dad, get out of the whizzy dizzy. Dad's turn is what we're going to do. One triple three five three. If you're a parent, what parent do you hate? Great to have your company. It's Friday. Go and get yourself a tinny. You deserve it. Cam Knight with me this afternoon. Cam, you were just describing essentially that you hate certain types of parents. Your and I type have, of parenting. I, have, I just went, oh, you know what? I made a small list off air and I ticked all the boxes, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, that you guy. did. I'm, I'm appalled. I'm also one of those parents that will park in the pram park, you know, where they just go mums and prams. You're I allowed park. to. Yeah, I'm not a mum. <laughs> didn't have the pram. Yeah, I know, but you've got the kids' seats in the back to prove it, don't you? No, I'm on a motorbike. Because I... I... <laughs> Well, your kid can fit on the back. It's okay. Who's we, to know? We actually could have just done one triple three five three. Why is American asshole? <laughs> yeah, it's a and good we one. Got the same amount of calls. So many calls coming through. Let's get to some, Cam. We've got Anne in Strathfield. Hello, Anne. Hi, how are you? Really good. You're a mum? And what type I'm of a mum? What type of parents do you hate? I just hate the one in the school playground that always tells you how smart their child is. Oh, yeah, totally. So, Merrick. Yes. And, oh. they're, <laughs> and they're like two years no. old, aren't they? It's not yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he's at genius level so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's what over there levitating. What colour are they on? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, it's just to that point, Anne, I'm with you, right? And I get that a bit where, you know, it's, uh, you know the parents have got uh, high-achieving kids and they're smart and they can read. That, that's good. That's what you want, Anne. But mm. once they start saying, oh, yeah, they're three and they've just started doing violin, yeah. I just go, settle down. You yeah. Yeah. Settle down. <laughs> we just got him out of nappies. Leave him alone. Yeah. And what's what he wants to do? My son has just stopped eating his own poo. Yeah. And you've got him on a violin. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the violin's covered in poo, though. Yeah. <laughs> and he's licking. <laughs> yeah. The musical Chiquito is known. I'm with her. Like, you know when they say, they say, oh, my child is in the top percentile or whatever. Oh, I don't even know what yeah. that means. Yeah. Like, they just, I'd, I'd never heard of Which means you've never been in the top percentile. And look at me, I'm still here. My, my, my son's in a couple of percentiles, so I don't want to brag. Uh, but, bogan percentile. Yeah. Right, it's top bogan percentile. Yep. Uh, Shannon in Quakers Hill. Hello. Good on, mate. Really good. We're just talking about uh, parents and other parents that we hate. Which parents yeah, do you I've got, hate? I've got two of them, man. There's two groups that I hate. Go. One is anti-vaxxers. Yes. yes. And, the, yep. and, the, and the other is anti-smackers. Anti-smackers, Ooh. you're a smacker. Ooh. 
Yeah, man, just stick a needle in them and give them a belt every now and then. Right, eh? Okay, I'll I'll give, I'll 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 not at the same time, by the way. And also, too, just, not, just not random. You don't just yeah. go, you know hey, what? It's jab. Thursday. Glenn, come over here for a belt. <laughs> oh, not belt Thursday. <laughs> well, it's better than jab Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you smack him? No, no. I try to have a conversation with the kids. I was smacked. I was given the belt as well. But sometimes you do. You do get a twitch. You get a twitch. It's oh, in there. But oh. you just, you know, I stop myself from doing it. I'll be honest, I've smacked both of my children once in their entire lives, and not okay. hard and not for anything really bad or anything like that. It was just, it was just a lesson. I just gave them a, like, literally a tap. One of mm. them, I think, it was still in nappies when I gave them a tap on the bum. And mm. that was the only time. Now, the kids, they don't, they don't need to. I never need to do that. I only need because to Because they remember voice. that, you think. It's I don't in, know. They remember, oh, no, don't no, they're good me. kids. My kids are, yeah. look, the mums are awesome. Yeah, yeah, The mums, right, the mums. Right. Their mum's great. She's got it all under control. That's why mm. they're level. Like, they're seriously, they're only a couple of years away from outgrowing their dad. <laughs> it's going to be that point. They're going to turn, Wolf's going to turn 12 and just go, oh, you, you're not needed. <laughs> it's, about time, it's about time I start smacking my father. I'm going to smack my dad around. Give me the motorbike, dad. That's just going to happen. I'm off. I'm going to go and park in the pram space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jamie in Kings Landley. Hello, mate. Hi, Mez. How are you? Really good, Chief. What parents do you hate? Uh, that lady in Woolworths on Thursday night, and she knows who she is. Oh. All the checkouts are chock a block, and her trolley's chock a block. So she lets the kid put everything on one at the time. Oh. It's oh. not playtime. It's not playtime in there on a Thursday night. Jamie, you are a hundred percent justified in making this telephone call today. I nearly had to yeah. help out. I nearly had to butt in and help out. Yeah. Take too long. Yeah. I had to go back and get raises. It was taking that long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mate, it's not called an express lane for no reason. Yeah. Express, so move on. But the thing is, too, is it, you're right. It's not playtime. No. That conveyor belt is for moving. Yeah. Not for mucking got, around. They've got the Thomas the Tank Engine outside of the Woolies all the time. You can just put your kid in there. That's playtime yeah. for a dollar. And, and then just get your shopping done faster. That's it. Yep. And the mum's turning around smiling at you, and you have to... You have to be polite and smile back, and yeah. you want to ring a neck. No, you don't. And no, she's, you don't. She's you, just you saying, know what you do? You turn around and say, "Give them a kinder surprise and get a move on." <laughs> in that in that woman's defence, though, her kid wasn't very bright, and that was work experience. Right. That was oh. that was oh. where they were. Yeah. So, oh, the kid had a lower percentile. Low, low percentile. Yeah. Oh. Like how how low? Either really Adelaide low. I hope, low or I, hope the, I hope the kid's funny because <laughs> it's either going to be comedian. Adelaide low, Adelaide low. Adelaide low or, or, or like like Hobart low. I mean, the kids. Is he like twenty and putting stuff on the counter? Still is it like Hobart low? Right, Hobart low. Not good. That's mm. not good. That's not in the percentile. <laughs> Damon on the Central Coast. Hello, mate. How you doing, boys? Really good, good mate. Good All right, mate. talking about parents that we hate. Who do you hate? Parents that don't discipline their children and sit there and go, "Oh, don't do that, darling. That's not good." Yes, I I had a I had upstairs neighbours that would let their co- child run rampant above above us, and it would just stomp and wake us up at all hours. And uh, we used to say to him, um, "Can you please discipline your kid?" And they were like, "Oh, no, 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 no. He'll find his own way." And I was like, "He's going to find his own way into my boot in a minute." And they. <laughs> They ended up, he had a bit of a problem, like he was a bit of a problem kid. So Get what, this, like, what? they got somebody over to teach him to meditate at two. And that's yeah. the story that of Pete Evans' life. Yeah. yeah. You know, here's the thing, maybe a little less meditation and a little less Coca-Cola mm. and a little more... Belt Thursday. Belt Thursday. <laughs> Sydney, you're being warned. It's snake season. They're out and about in record numbers. Snakes and other reptiles 
turning up in backyards right across Sydney. And they can be a bit of a problem. Obviously, if you see a snake, you uh, avoid it and you go and get a professional to remove it. One of those professionals is Sean Cade. He's from uh, Australian Snake Catchers and he joins us on the line now. Hello, Shane. Hey, Sean, Merrick. sorry, Sean, mate. mate. Oh, no, it's no, good, it's Shane. Well, Sean, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me. First of all, what's going on with all these bloody snakes getting into Sydney's houses? Well, what's tending to happen these days is um, the urban development that's going on. So, you know, the, the uh, developers send in the excavators and the vibrations and the, and the moving of the earth uh, sends them all in different directions, which generally is already inhabited. So they have the problem with the snakes when the development's going on. When the development's finished, whether that's suburban or industrial or whatever the case may be, once that's finished and everything's built and infrastructure's in, the snakes will tend to gravitate back to where they came from and, in turn, it's inhabited by people. So the interaction or the encounters are, are more frequent because they're, they're losing their habitat. So it sounds like, Mez, that this is Clover Moore's fault. 100% it's Clover oh. Moore's. So currently, are you displacing a lot of snakes around George Street where they're building <laughs> unnecessary light rail? Actually, it's, um, it's funny you say that because there's areas now where we didn't really used to get a lot of calls, but because of that development, um, there's more and more sightings. And Well, Sean, and, tell me and, tell me what you mean specifically. Where are you seeing snakes where you didn't used to see them? Um, so pretty much um, in, in the last couple of weeks, I've had a had them along the corridor between where they're building the uh, the cross city tunnel there between on the M4, so Strathfield, Burwood, uh, Ashfield, yes. places like that, yes. where you used to see certain species, but they had sort of areas to go. But now that they've demolished a lot of houses and they've, they're just clearing a lot of land and stuff like that, I don't know why they need to clear 50 acres when they're building two lanes, but that's apparently what they're doing. So um, areas like that where you don't commonly come across them. Um, we're finding them more frequent like that. And like you say, George Street, you know, there was, there's been a couple of sightings down there and botanical gardens and stuff like that, which that's all right because they're not going to build on the botanical gardens, you'd hope. But um, in and around those uh, inner city areas is, is where we're getting calls as well. So they're everywhere, mate. And you're saying it's record numbers of snakes and reptiles. What's the most amount of calls you've received in a day recently? Tuesday, 17. Gee what? whiz. It's that bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what are, you, what, yep. are you, what are you getting, Sean? Like, I mean, these not people ringing up saying, oh, I found a blue tongue. What, what, are, you, what are you catching? Uh, eastern brown snakes and uh, red-bellied black snakes oh, and stuff. So. Okay, so, yeah. I mean, eastern brown, obviously, one of the most lethal snakes on the planet. That's a problem. Yeah, number two. Uh, not something that you'd really want to be mucking Te- around with. Technically, number three, mate. It goes in- inland oh, Taipan, go. coastal Taipan, <laughs> eastern brown. Are but you anyway. seriously arguing with oh, a I, snake I, I, catcher? I actually, I actually am. I am. It's Merrick Watts here. Hello, <laughs> and welcome to the correction show. <laughs> How often have you been bitten? Uh, just once, mate. Just the once. You learnt your yep. lesson and moved on. What was yeah, it that got you? Like that. Uh, black snake. Right. I need to ask as well, you got 17 call-outs. I mean, what did you do with the, the animals that you caught? Where do they go? What was that, sorry? Where do the animals go once you've caught them? What do you do with them? Oh, you know, there's, there's less and less areas that I can do that sort of thing. So um, it's just... Do, what do you do? Do you dump them? Do you find an area? You, you find just, an area. 
Yeah, just, just <laughs> anywhere you want. Find an area, also oh, known, really. you know, also you known as Mossman. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, a few blokes have let their snakes loose at Mossman oh, before. Okay. Oh, oh, no. oh, come on, I've, I've let. Hey, Sean, speaking of which, mate, you've got obviously venomous snakes. What kind of protective gear are you wearing? You, you know, do you wear a special type of pets? Do you wear a box? Because I'd wear, I'd wear oh, a cricketer's box. You because, don't want a snake no, hiding your snake. No, you don't want that snake on snake mate. action. No. Nothing like that, mate. We don't need anything like that. It's just uh, once you know what you're doing, it's um, pretty straightforward if you can understand the, the animal you're dealing with. We've been given a photo of you, actually, and you're, you're brandishing uh, a golf club. I'd say that's probably a seven iron. Now, is that uh, <laughs> is that a, a defence <laughs> mechanism or what are you doing? Yeah, yeah no, that's, uh, I don't often use a hook these days, but, um, <laughs> you know, if, if, if necessary, if they're in a tight situation or something, I might need to... Hit him over into the fourth. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, something like that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, here's the thing is that the sad thing is it's because snakes don't have ears when he yells out, Four! <laughs> it's, it's just there. Oh, yeah. and that was going to be oh, my next question. four of them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sean, um, I've, I'll let you go because clearly you want to make some noise in the background and I'll let you get back to it. I think he's going to get um, attacked. Just, but just very quickly, where are the hot spots in Sydney at the moment where people should be thinking, you know, uh, keep an eye out? You know, there are a couple of little pockets there where they're turning up in big numbers. Yeah, just, just where they're doing a, a new development. So, you know, Ropes Crossing, um, Blacktown, uh, Rouse Hill, just wherever there's a new development is where they're finding um, the problems like that. So, okay. okay. Uh, anywhere there's a new development going on, everyone should just uh, get a seven iron. iron. Yeah. Yep. Get a seven iron. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, yeah, Sean, like that. mate, be safe. Don't get bitten on the knackers by a snake. Um, <laughs> you haven't been told that before, so I just thought I'd be the first. And thank you very much for allowing me to correct you on the actual snake lethality of different varieties. Let's move on. We've got a call here, Melissa in Kent's Creek. Hello, Melissa. Yeah, hi, how are you going? Really, really good. What's going on? Um, I work at a property that's 110 acres and we have to take a snake bite kit on playground duty. Wow. Here's yeah, me whinging so... earlier about hand, foot and mouth disease from the daycare and you've got <laughs> you've actually got real problems. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. So the top oh part of the property's got brown snakes and the bottom part of the property where the creek is has red bellies black snakes. Oh, red wow. bellies are all right, but brown snakes can be a bit touch and go. So what do you get? Is it like an EpiPen there or, or is it? No, it's a compression bandage. Mm-hmm. So basically tell the kids sit down, shut up, keep cool, keep yep. calm. Wrap a tourniquet around it. Bandage. Yeah. Yep. And well, then, do you, have you been instructed to suck the venom out, or what? Do you, or or cut it off with a machete? What do you do? I'm not getting that close to a kid, mate. <laughs> <laughs> to a kid, your own child, you want to suck the right. venom out of? How, how's that going to be when Stuart gets bitten by a snake? And all of a sudden, the teacher goes, sorry, uh, the new rules say that I can't um, in any way <laughs> make contact with you, Stuart. So just if you could just quietly die on that bench over there. Here's a bandage. See if We're you gonna can wrap call- yourself up. Yeah, you wrap yourself up. Well, I can't touch you because <laughs> I'm gonna you're t- a child. I'm going to talk you through it. He who does not know t- how to tie a shoelace. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk you through how to yeah. apply a compression bandage. What do you mean you don't understand the word tourniquet? Well, let's spell it. <laughs> I'll get a piece of chalk. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Mark Boris. Every single day in Australia, people are busting their guts in starting and running their own businesses. It's a big deal. 60% of Australians are hired by small to medium-sized business owners. These guys are doing their bit, buying stock, hiring people and paying their taxes. 
So what is it like to start your own business? How do you go from just running a business on the side after work to owning something much bigger? How do you make it your future? Join me on The Mentor, a weekly show on Podcast One where I speak to Aussie business owners who are working through just that. I find out what makes them tick. I help them work out their next steps for their growth and for their future. The Mentor with Mark Burris. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Cameron Knight is an Australian comedian and television personality born in Cummins, South Australia. Come Knight! That's the first line of his Wikipedia page and to be honest, his song's a bit of a failure. It went downhill, didn't it? Come Knight! Bill. 104.9 Triple M. <laughs> that was good, man. <laughs> I love how you dropped my... That went downhill, didn't it? <laughs> that was good. That was very good. Yeah, Cam Knight. Don't worry about Skip out of here like that. Great to have you here, uh, Cam. And great news for Sydney because Oktoberfest is here. Woohoo! Oh, I do like it a lot. Six weeks. It sounds like it only goes for a month, but the great part of it is it goes for six glorious weeks and you can get all Bavarian with four official beers and traditional food only at Munich Brow House at The Rocks. Visit oktoberfest.com.au. Anybody who knows me knows that I am very fond of that place. <laughs> very fond. What are the official very beers fond. you're very fond? What makes it so official? Uh, so that means that the Bavarian proper, king, yes, like, yeah, yeah. So they'd be it? proper, they'd be proper uh, Bavarian beers. Okay. So they'd be a wheat beer. <laughs> yes. So you might have something like a Stiegel. Oh yeah, yeah, which is very good a German beer. Mm-hmm. Or you might have something like uh, Lohenbrau. Or you might have something like um, what's the other one I like? Uh, there's Francis Kana. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, which sounds worse than it is, mm-hmm. but it's great. Yes. So they're just some. <laughs> I don't know specifically. <laughs> but there you go. You put me to the test. And I, just went, I just went, name beers you like. Name and beers you like. Actually, it actually wasn't very difficult. The, they're actually the only, beers, the, only, the only beers that are allowed to exhibit at Oktoberfest, as it were. So you imagine these would be the beers they're talking about are mm-hmm. breweries within Munich. Uh, and there's only um, six of them. Right. Which so you is can't Augustina, Hacker, Shawbrow, Lowenbrow, yeah. Paulana, Spattenbrow. And Paulana's good. Something so else. So you can't, can't walk can't up to them and just go, I'll have a VB thing. No. Yeah, no. Polana's no, good. It, yeah. That's a good beer. Yeah. Polana. And Limebrow's good too, but I like Polana. That's a good beer. Is it because it's Six the easiest to say? Yeah. yeah. It's the easiest yeah. one to say. <laughs> when I, I Seriously, when I was at the bottler a couple of weeks ago, I bought mm. a six-pack because I quite like it. Mm. And uh, I went, I'll just get that because I can't pronounce the others. Yeah. And you can't trouble. pronounce it after you've drunk the six of them either, isn't <laughs> no. it? That's a test. And also, too, the guy at Dan Murphy's is like, mate, you can't drink in store. We've had this conversation. <laughs> Stop <laughs> sleeping inside, out the mate. front just until I open. it, mate. <laughs> we know you're hiding in the fridges. <laughs> We see you take the beer in there. Anyway. So we're talking about Oktoberfest, and I have prepared for you two gentlemen. Awesome. A A German culture quiz. Yes! I've been waiting for this. A German culture quiz. As I said, it is Oktoberfest, and uh, it is here, and you can check it out down at Munich Greyhouse at the Rocks. years that all the years that I just got Ds in German have just come crashing on my shoulders (laughs) now. This is going to be great. All right. Here we go. First question. Mm -hmm. On the first day of first grade, every German child gets a giant cone filled with what? (laughs) Avoid avoid your your first instincts. If it was in Adelaide, it'd be chuff. Okay. Um, Okay. (laughs) Your buzzer is your name, by the way. uh, Oh, Cam. uh, Yes, Cam. Um, It's lollies. No, 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 Merrick. It's uh, it's, uh, milk. 
Well, a buzzy uh, cone a full dinging, of milk. Dinging cam, you get the ding. Uh, that toys and candy. Oh. Uh, it's a tradition that dates back to the 1800s. They give kids toys when they enter school to celebrate the seriousness of life. Yes. And these days, it's not unlikely for kids to even get video games and a cell phone in their cones. Just and, for going to school. Mm. And do you oh. know that they don't tell them? Spoil. And, and no, that's it. And they just roll up and they're not now. And then, then it becomes a kinder surprise. No. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used a German word. <laughs> I'll give you a point. All right, one all. At what age in Germany can you legally have a beer? Merrick. Yes. Four. (laughs) (laughs) Illegally, perhaps, but no. Cam, uh, any guesses? I'll say 12. 14. You're both. 14! You're monsters, both of you. In the company of a custodial person. They are one of the best industrial nations on earth, right? They have one of the highest solar take ups on the planet. Mm -hmm. They are an absolute forward. Look, you know, technology and everything like that. Start drinking Autobahn. They've got the Autobahn as well. They they obviously know how to drive. Yep. So they're not going crazy on that. And the shops as well. Autobahn. I mean, if you need some stuff for your car. That's it. There you go. All right. What is the critical criteria for baby names in Germany? Okay. Uh, Cam? Yes, Cam. They have to be in German. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I was looking for. Okay. They have to have the word Max in it. So Ooh. it's got to be Max, guess, but Maxine, not what I'm looking for. Maximilian. No, you must be able to tell the gender of the child by the first name. Oh. So, you oh, know. gender specific. Yeah. Oh. You, so a name, there's a name, uh, a German name called Matty, yes. which Matty, is rejected yeah. because you, it can apply to a girl and a boy. Ah. So what's the boy's version of that? Well, there isn't. Oh. So that's why it's been rejected. Not even Matthew? You can't do Matthew for instance? Well, you could do Matthew because that's a boy's name. Okay. I don't Mm. know if Cam's getting this. I'm getting it. Matty is a girl's name. That's that. Or or a boy's name. Because my name, Cameron, can be girl or boy. So So in Germany. No, you can't. I don't exist exist in Germany. Cameron's a boy's name. One girl's got it. All right, yeah, but she's pretty foxy. She's pretty foxy. <laughs> so she she does make she, up the, she she makes up the numbers. numbers. Okay, yeah. okay. For Mattel's fiftieth anniversary, this is the German culture quiz. For Mattel's fiftieth anniversary, the company released a special edition Barbie of which famous German? Oh, Again, oh, avoid, oh, avoid oh, your oh, first instincts. Oh, oh. I know, Merrick. Okay, I'm gonna say Admiral Bismarck. <laughs> <laughs> Cam, what gonna, is he, kid? I was going to say Anne Frank, but <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's Holland. I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm wrong. So, uh, uh, no, a, no, no, let me have another go. Okay. When you said, let me have Wait. another go, did you have a guess in mind? Yeah, not really. Okay. But I wanted to have another go. Oh, because it's another opportunity to be a dickhead, and I'm okay. not going to say. You want to say? I know what you want to say. I'm not going to say anything from around about 1939 to sure. 1945. Be a good idea. Okay. Or even then, 1914 to 1918. Okay. But I am going to say Munchausen. <laughs> <laughs> Was it? Hang on. Was it Matty? <laughs> no, Mattel. Uh, no, Mattel. To be fair, though, that yeah. doll doesn't have any genitals like Matty. There yeah. you go. So, no, it's yeah. uh, Chancellor, Grand Chancellor Angela Merkel. Oh, yeah, I know that oh! person. That was going to be my next yeah. guest. A Merkel. Okay. Imagine cupping yeah. them. If I gave my Merkel? daughter the Merkel, my daughter would just go, Dad. Mm. No. Put I it in the bin. A, I asked for a girl. Okay. <laughs> a unique stipend. Well, stipend? stipend, stipend, stipend. Yep, which is uh, a stipend is uh, like a gratuity. It's, it's it's like a, a small amount of little, money or something. Yeah, a little like bit that. of pocket money. A yeah, unique yeah, yeah. Uh, unique stipend is provided to the disabled to pay for what? Merrick, go with your first instinct. Wheelchairs. Oh, I wish what? you'd gone with your first instinct. That was my first instinct. Cam. Yeah. Public transport. Ah, uh, Merrick. I can't believe you Beer. guys are actually being too co- too oh. clean on this occasion. 
Oh, Dildos. Cam. Sex aids. Well, what? not. <laughs> <laughs> what? You get it just because you didn't say the bad word. Well, no, no, it's actually just sex. There's, oh, uh, sex. yeah, there's even a certified yeah. training course for sex workers called the Qualified Sexual Accompaniment and Assistance Training well, Course. Cam and I are both looking for jobs I next year. So, uh, ladies, you're going to break your legs on the way out, so you can apply for it. No, no, we, no we're going to be the trainers, you moron. We're not going to go in there trying to get a stipend, <laughs> mate. You'll right. never get your stipend with that. <laughs> <laughs> next question. Quick. Last question. No, I'm gonna do this for the next half. Yeah, hour. we're yeah. out of time. No. What unique? Th- oh god. What unique thing do the Germans do with Fanta? Cam. Yes. Is it something to do with a sex aid? <laughs> <laughs> I think that is technically an answer, but I'm gonna say Merrick mix it with beer. Oh well, you're an idiot then. Bong water. <laughs> Merrick. Mix it with Southern Country. <laughs> Merrick, snort it. <laughs> Merrick, inject it in their pain. Uh, no, okay. They Camper. make cake. They make cake. They make cake with Fanta. Fanta cake. Mm. What's it? So it's like an orange cake. It's called Fanta Kafkin. It makes a Fanta Kafkin. Mate, give me some Fanta Kafkin. Okay, we've been too offensive. Uh, Cam Knight, it's been great. Uh, but when Liam waves, that means that we have to stop. Thanks, and, guys. Yeah, see pe- you next week. People can't hear it, but we can see it. <laughs> I always say to you guys, you can call in at any stage. One triple three five three is the number here. We've got Richard in Kellyville's call through. G'day, mate. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Very good. What are you? What are you seeing, mate? What's going on? I just wanted to give a shout out to the car behind me. It's a grey Golf GTI going on the M2. Mm. Um, he's getting looked after quite well by his female passenger at the moment. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, is she handing him a uh, a Whopper that they haven't purchased from drive through? I'd say it's probably more an aura exam at the moment. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Got you there. I was going to suggest maybe it was a junior burger. I don't know. Um, so... <laughs> You would say that even though that car's on the road, he's currently receiving a pit stop? Definitely so, yeah. Okay. And what road are you on, Richard? The M2. Okay. And you're currently in front of them? Yes. Mm. Maybe get beside them because you're on the M2. You've got at least another 90 minutes to witness what's going on there. I don't think it'll last that long, mate. <laughs> Tomorrow, Sydney is putting on a show. For the entire world at Royal Randwick, the world's richest turf race, the Everest, makes its debut with $10 million in prize money on offer. And the best thing is you can watch it live and free in high definition on Channel 7 tomorrow with Australia's greatest sporting commentator and Channel 7 racing host, Bruce McAvaney, who joins me on the line now. How are you, Bruce? Excited, Mary, to be honest. And that, that, that build-up, I mean, yeah, the world's richest turf race, and as you say, it's a... It's more than a, a thoroughbred race tomorrow. It's been an incredible build-up in Sydney and um, can't wait to get out there. Well, here's the thing. I mean, it's, it's we'll kind of put Sydney on the map through the Spring Racing Carnival, which is obviously dominated by Melbourne. In 100 years, are we going to be talking about the Everest in the same way we currently talk about the Melbourne Cup? We're certainly going to be talking about the Everest in a very, very big way, I think. Um, we're not going to be around you and I to, to absolutely check this. So I'll say what I like. Can't oh, I, I don't know, Bruce. I'm <laughs> going to freeze my brain. I've got plans, mate. I've got to find mine, and then I might do the same thing. But look, um, they're different races. Uh, but I'm not sure if it'll have the same residual as the Melbourne Cup and whether it will change lives. It might in the bank balance, but I do feel like it's the beginning of something quite remarkable. Um, yep. And as you say, it's put Sydney Spring very much on the map. It's a bit like 2020 cricket in some ways. It's you know, it's it the is. same thing you love, but it's a different kind of version. Now, 
Well, do you think we'll see more of these kind of winner-takes-all competitions where, you know, everybody throws in a, a heap of money? For anybody who's listening doesn't understand the concept of uh, the Everest, uh, the people who own the horses, they contribute $600,000 to the race, and it's a winner-take-all kind of thing. So you get the hat, as it were. Do you think we'll see more of this, Bruce? Look, I think I don't think we'll see a glut of it. I, I think strategically placed, there might be room for another one or two in Australia. Mm-hmm. There's one of these races in America at the moment, and it's the richest race in the world. It's called the Pegasus. Mm-hmm. And Peter Valandis, um, you know, he looked at that and thought, wow, what a great idea, and he's just gone gangbusters with it. But um, look, what, what it's done, Mary, so you've got guys or people that have bought 12 barriers and then they've gone off and found the right horse. Now, they may own that horse themselves, or they've gone and found another horse. For instance, Chris Waller, the leading trainer, the trainer of the Mighty Winks, he hasn't got a runner tomorrow, but he actually owns a barrier. So he paid the 600 grand, the 1.8 million over three years, mm-hmm. but he went to another trainer. So he's effectively got a horse running for him. And how it works is that Chris Waller does the deal with Gerald Ryan, the other trainer, to work out what percentage Chris gets if the horse wins, and then the rest goes to the owners of that horse and Gerald. So, look, quite complicated in a way. It's a bit like playing poker, but it is so exciting, and it brings in extra elements to a thoroughbred race. There's enough elements anyway to make it interesting, but I reckon this is going to really appeal to, you know, to this this generation that we're living in yep. right now. So, yeah, no... Yep. I'm very, very excited about it. Yeah, look, it does. It's got something different to offer. And Bruce, some of the horses there. I've just been looking at the weight. Some of them come in at 51 kilos uh, as as their um, handicap, and then you've got 58 and a half kilos. So there's a bit of there's a difference in the horses, isn't there? And the weights and the weight. It's, it seems like a bit more of an open field. Mary, that's because of the age and sex of the horse. So those 51s you're looking at are three-year-old fillies, and there's yeah. three of them in the race, and the older horses. It, it's a, a, at weight for age, so it's sort of a standard weight, but it just depends on your age and your sex. So those horses up the top are, in fact, there's no colt in the race or, or stay in. They're all gildings, just by okay. some coincidence. But the horses down the bottom, and one of them is the favourite, She Will Rain, who won the Golden Slipper this year. She's just turned three, and she's actually the narrow favourite for the race. So she's on that 51. So, yeah, she's already won the world's richest two-year-old race, and there's a good chance tomorrow that she might win the world's richest turf race, all in the space of about six months. And Mary, she costs $20,000 to buy. There's a whole heap of owners. So she was a really cheap girl, and here she is. She may have $8.5 million in the bank after tomorrow. Unbelievable. You'd love to have had a share in that horse. And there's a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Of, unfortunately, Bruce, this gives a lot of hope to mug punters like me and my <laughs> mates who just go, we've got to get in a, into a horse. We've got to have a share well, in a not, horse. Mary? Why exactly. not, Why not? I mean... It, it, look, uh, you know, you can you can get lucky and own winks, but there you go. So, yeah. look, uh, brilliant concept. Um, and I think, you know, the Victorians are upset, um, the Mexicans, as you guys call them. But yeah. um, but Victoria's got their own fantastic day tomorrow with the Caulfield Guineas Day, four Group 1s, traditional racing, big prize money. I, I actually think they complement one another in so many ways. So we've got this incredible Australia-wide day of racing. Yeah. Caulfield and Randwick and what Sydney have been able to do by introducing this race is to give their spring an absolute sexy appeal that they haven't had for a long time. Yeah, look, They've got I, the autumn, but they haven't got the spring. Yeah, exactly. I, look, in you know, racing. living here in Sydney, I think it's fantastic that there, there's a kind of a marquee racing event at this time of year. Bruce McIvaney, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. We'll be seeing you uh, tomorrow and, of course, on Channel 7 as we catch all the footage of, uh, of the races across the day. And you can see it live and for free on uh, High Definition on Channel 7 tomorrow from midday. Bruce McAvaney, always a pleasure. You too, Merrick. All the best, mate. Hope you're back a winner. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit. 
where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. From Melbourne's mean streets. You could say this was the murder we missed. A story you'll have to hear to believe. He said he was a 200-year-old vampire. Why was Shane Chantra's abbot gunned down before giving evidence? Two men shot him down. It's a mystery within a mystery within a mystery. Listen now to this untold true crime story from Adam Shand. The Trials of the Vampire at podcast1.com.au or download the app. So, great news, Sydney. Millionaire owner of the former old Sydney town theme park says that he may be willing to rebuild it even better than before, which, of course, means that he could just put a cardboard box on the lot and we go, oh, good play. <laughs> Richard Chu is the name of the guy, and he's uh, currently in negotiations with the Central Coast Council. Now, we were having a bit of a chat about this yesterday, and I made a promise that I would remake the ad for mm. Old Sydney Town the same way I did for El Cabello Blanco. Looking for the ultimate Spanish-inspired theme park but can't be rooted going to Spain? This is funny. El Cabello Blanco! We've taken a shitty paddock in Norellan and made it shitter, turning it into Australia's only Spanish-themed horse amusement park. El Cabello Blanco! Yeah. So if El Cabello okay. Blanco reopens, it's got a ready-made ad there. Yes, absolutely. Now, the thing is with Old Sydney Town, Old Sydney Town actually had a song as its ad, right? So it wasn't mm. just, you know, some peanut and talking it over it. It was a little bit harder. It wasn't very good. Oh, have they a listen. sailed out here in chains on ships that have hanging for steel and bread. What? And the reason that we're here today is those that went ahead. Jeez. Makes you want to die of salvation, doesn't it? I want to go back to old Sydney Town to find out why I'm me. I think that was a lyric in there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a huge point for the Vietnamese community. I want to go back to old Sydney Town to find out what, what, what? What, what, what now? Sorry, that quite. Find out why I'm me. Oh, because everyone's white. Oh, I get yeah. So that song is a can of turds. Mm. Let's not let's not water it down. No. But a bigger can of turds is the ad that I've made as a replacement. Now, as oh, no. a bit of a dis- hang on, as a disclaimer. Yeah. Number one, I wrote this and recorded it without hearing a scrap of music to go with it. Maddie, our sound engineer. Do not throw Maddie under the bus here. If if this isn't the greatest sketch you've heard, then clearly the complaints need to come to Triple M. Care of Southern Cross Stereo Radio Network, directed to Maddie Haywood. That is that is unfair and well, how, unreasonable. How is it, Liam Flanagan, who also executively because produced this? Because whenever something, I whenever you enjoy that. any bit of production on this show, you take credit for it, even though it's all Maddie. Well, let's see, let's see, let's see where that goes in a second. I will say this okay. though, Flanners. At the moment, I'm currently a subcontractor. All I did was write it. Right, I didn't know what was there. I framed it up. I don't know how they did the concrete pour. I don't oh. know what's going on here, mate. Don't try and hang me out on this one. First over the wall, aren't the, you, Merrick Watts? This is. <laughs> no, I'm not pushing a bloke in front of me. Yeah. Over the wall, but using a shorter bloke like you as a human shield in front here of the German is Maxim guns. Watts. New ad for Old Sydney Town if it reopens. Whoa. 
They came out on ships as prostitutes and nothing much has changed. Scurvy sores and dysentery and most of them had AIDS. Clapped in irons and clapping pants, the convict jobs would sing and dance. So whatever you do, don't miss your chance and visit old Sydney town. Don't be a f wit, don't be a clown. Come on down to Sydney town. BYO Toothless Grin, rum and poo stained pants, open seven days. Oh, you know what? If that doesn't win a radio award, I don't know what will because Fennekin, that was freaking genius. Well, there's a brand new TV show on stand. It's available now. It's called White Famous, and I've seen the first couple of episodes, and it is an absolute cracker. It's produced by Jamie Foxx, but the boys and I were talking about the TV show around the office because we've all seen it and enjoying it, and one of the producers told me that one of the main characters is, in fact, a little Aussie, Cleopatra Coleman from Sydney. She's a Sydney girl done good in Hollywood, and she joins me on the line now from somewhere more important than Sydney in America. Cleopatra, welcome to the show. First of all, uh, I mean, you've done Neighbours and Blue Healers. None of us know you from that. And all of a sudden, you're mixing it with Jamie Foxx. Is it blowing your own mind? <laughs> um, you know, there's no such thing as an overnight success. I will say that. Um, no, it's uh, no, it's really great to be working with, with Jamie and with Jay on, on uh, White Famous. But I have been at it for a while. I've been um, working back home since I was like 15 years old. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, been a bit of a journey. Your uh, role is fantastic. You do an incredible job. I mean that sincerely. You absolutely nail it to the point where I didn't even for a second suspect you're Australian, uh, which not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, but what did you play in Neighbours? What was your role in Neighbours and Blue Healers? So maybe some people listening might be able to go, oh, that chick. Thank you, first of all, for the compliment. Thank you so much. Um, I, though, Blue Healers, I mean, we've all done it, right? All the Aussie actors. It was just like a one-episode thing. I don't even remember the name of the character, but um, Neighbours was a little more significant. I played Glenn Forrest, which has got to be, like, the worst name of all time. Um, But I was responsible for breaking up Boyd and Janae, which was, you know, they were, like, the famous young married couple on the show, um... So that was that was my gig on Neighbours. I was the, the the mistress of Boyd. Okay, well, you know what? Now that you've put that into perspective, Cleopatra, I can honestly say I have no <laughs> idea who you are in that show because I don't watch it. Okay, yeah, who who watches it? I don't I don't really know the British who watches it anymore. The the English the English yeah, are the only they ones they they're the only it. ones watching it. Uh, Cleopatra, now you grew up here in Sydney and then you spent most of your childhood in Byron Bay. I've got to ask you, are you now aware that the place is almost entirely populated by eastern suburbs wankers from Sydney? Um, I have heard things have changed a little bit. I, I, I was born in the Blue Mountains outside of Sydney and grew up in Byron Bay and then a little bit in Melbourne as well where I, where I started acting, but... Um, my mom's in Byron. She loves it, but she's a big old hippie, so um, I don't know that she minds about the the um, more like peace and love, you know. But but uh, yeah, I'm about to go back for the first time in a while, so I guess I'll have to see for myself. And Cleopatra, you're acting in a you're acting in a comedy with you know great comedians. It's a, it's an excellent cast, and obviously very very well scripted, very very funny. But, you know, your character is kind of like, you know, this um, uh, juxtaposition to a lot of the comedy. You know, you're not being fed the comedy lines, but you've got that kind of nice moral anchor for the show. Uh, are you moving into, is this a transition for you to get into comedy? Is, do you do comedy normally? Is this a direction that you like to work in? 
Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually on a comedy show for the past, like, three, four years called The Last Man on Earth, and it's another SNL um, actor, Will Forte's show. Um, so I'm very much doing comedy a lot, and I, I'm very grateful for that. Um, but what I love most about my role in White Famous is that I get to be a little more serious. And, I, you know, my background is drama, so I get to, like, meld the drama and the comedy and, like, emote a little bit. Um, and do some like real acting, you know. So, um, so it's, it's a really nice balance, and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Are you coming back to Australia anytime soon? I know a lot of you know Australian actors who are doing well in Hollywood like to come back and do like a little passion project with a friend or you know something uh, for television or a little film here in Australia. Have you got any plans to come back and do some acting here? I would absolutely love to. I mean, right now I'm right in the middle of shooting um, Last Man on Earth until February. I am coming back for a holiday um, to see my family and stuff, But um, and one of my best friends is getting married. Um, shout out to Tim. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I would absolutely love to do another Australian show. That's my roots. That's where I come from, you know, since I was 15 years old. So, um if the right thing comes up, I would absolutely love to. That's good news, Cleopatra, because um, I know some people at home and away. And when I say people at home and away, I've met some of the catering staff. So let me see what I can do and I'll get back to you. Thank you so much. It's all right. <laughs> it's, it's nothing. I, I've got a big heart. What can I say? <laughs> Cleopatra, it has been lovely speaking to you. I really enjoy it. <laughs> I really enjoy watching you on the TV. It's a it's a great show. If you haven't got Stan, get it now and uh, have a look at it. It's called White Famous, and it is terrific. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, guys. Great talking to you. It's been a fantastic week, Sydney. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I really do appreciate it. On Monday, Lawrence Mooney will be back in the studio if he's not arrested over the weekend and facing charges. We'll also have Chris Taylor from The Chaser and Ben Elton will join yes. me in the studios on Monday. How exciting is that? It's really exciting. Never met him. Looking forward to it. He's a bit of a comedy hero. Is he? Yeah, Ben Elton. I mean, of yours. No, he doesn't like me. No, no. <laughs> he's actually asked to do the interview with you. See you on Monday. Well, it's been a big week in Sydney, and as usual, it's time to call a meeting at the Merrickville Council Chambers to vote on which suburb gave us the best call this week. If you've ever spent time in Circular Quay, you'll know eating anything means fighting off a horde of seagulls. So we wanted to know what had eaten your food. Nicole and Narawina took on Merrick's animal nemesis. A goddamn bin chicken. Oh! Yes, I budgeted my money. I've gone to Taronga Zoo. I only had enough for a hot dog. And I'm sitting there with my hot dog in the roll and the thing frigging comes up and takes the sausage but not the roll. Oh, classic bin chicken. Speaking of taking things on, this week we learned mothers love taking on bikey gangs. There was Heath's mum in Prospect. When they used to play loud music, she used to have a tendency to go out the front and get the beautiful white pebbles and throw them on their roof. No. <laughs> she chucked rocks at the Comancheros? Is she insane? Then Jason's mum in Kashula. She was going out with a bikey. And uh, he decided to play around on her, so she set his bike on fire. Oh, wow! Merrick wants to build a pub after the Vic in Marrickville shut its doors. So we asked you what we need to put in this pub. Sega Rally and Daytona. You need some of that old school carpet that goes all sticky. You've got to bring back the Powers Arm Wrestling. There's nothing better than necking down uh, 14 schooners and then thinking that you can arm wrestle the biggest brick in the pub. Arm wrestles! But after the council voted, re-voted, had a smoko, and then voted some more, the winning suburb this week is Seven Hills, where Ian's idea even had Merrick saying, Too far. 
I think the essential would be right where the urinal is, it's a one-way piece of glass. So everyone on the outside is eating their lovely steak or whatever you got the snitty, and you're pissing at their faces. Ian, <laughs> I love it when people say ridiculous things. Yeah. But you've thought about that and you've taken it to a whole... This is not in Germany, mate. This this pub is being built here in Australia. He's <laughs> called okay. the Merrick. It sounds German. Yeah. No, 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 no. Abort, abort. That was the Merrickville Catch-Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch-Up from the Triple M app.